Coming up today on the Lockdown Hornets podcast, Julian Council joins us to discuss the one small change that made a big difference in their win against the Wizards. It's coming up today on the Lockdown Hornets pod. You are Locked On Hornets, your daily Charlotte Hornets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. <laughs> It's Locked On Hornets. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. Thanks for making Locked On Hornets your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. That includes our YouTube channel. So go check us out. We've been going daily the past week. So you can go to Locked On Hornets. That's the channel. Pretty simple. Watch us daily on YouTube. So you can subscribe to the podcast really wherever you get your pods. You get the picture by now. Follow us on Twitter at Walker Mail, at Lockdown Hornets, and at Doug Branson, LOH. Last but not least, this episode of Lockdown Hornets is brought to you by McDonald's. They've been proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's an unofficial community center. A big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. I'm loving it. Julian, you have a better I'm loving it, man. I should have just passed it to you on that read. I'm loving it. I feel like I can't get that high-pitched voice that I need. Like I, It's just – it sounds awkward. I should just pass it on to you for the reads. That's fine. I can do it. I love McDonald's, man. God, McDonald's, my guy Ray Kroc. Uh, look, <laughs> yes, uh, name dropping. Uh, I man, the McFlurries. Every time they try to hit on that as the example, that's the one that hits home most for me. I love a good Oreo McFlurry, the Rolla McFlurries we've been talking about, but the ice cream when it you know, the, the the ice Rolos. cream machine for for McDonald's, man. Like that's what I keep going to when uh when I want a tasty treat. Yeah, I don't want to slander McDonald's, but that ice cream machine uh, does not be working. The times I want to go over there and get a McFlurry. Hey, all right, oh, no, I'm taking I'm taking it back from you. You don't get to do the reads anymore. <laughs> no, no, we can't we can't slander McDonald's. Yep. You lost. You had one job. Uh, yeah. Leave the it out. Fries are always consistent. I'll tell. I'll give them that. They're always consistent. The McNuggets they always hit, and uh-huh. of course. McFlurries, when available, mm-hmm. are fantastic. All right, that's Julian Council. He's supposed to be a company man helping us out here on Lockdown Hornets. You can also listen to him at uh, on Lockdown Panthers, where they've got a lot of stuff going on over there in Carolina Panther land. Cam Newton coming back. They beat the Cardinals, give them their second loss on the season. So make sure you check out him at uh, on Twitter at Julian Council. Also, go check out Lockdown Panthers. But we got another winning team in the Queen City to talk about here, Julian. Charlotte, they win their fourth straight game. They beat the Washington Wizards 97-87. to And what's great is in back-to-back games, they beat the Golden State Warriors, the best team in the NBA, which means they were the best team in the Western Conference. And then right after that, after a few days rest, they beat the number one team in the Eastern Conference in Washington. This ascent on the roller coaster it keeps rising, and I'm here to ride it all the way to the top, baby. Charlotte's looking good right now, Julian. Yeah, first off who gave the wizards permission to be top of the Eastern conference? Like, where did this, come, like, where did this come from? Oh, oh, Adam Silver's up slip. to some funny business and it needs to stop right now. I saw the, uh, the sports center stat to the Hornets are the first team to beat the top team in each conference since they last did it right back in the 2017, 18 season. Unfortunately, Stangin'. that did not, that did not end up the way that I think this season will end up with the Hornets being in the playoffs, which was 
the edict, the mandates that going into the season during media day. But you got to feel good about this team. They go on the West Coast, predictably have the lulls that they typically have every year when they go out West, then come back home, get four straight, beat Golden State in a game where Steph Curry always gets the homecoming applause from the crowd, doesn't go off. And the Hornets are able to beat him. And then on Wednesday, they do it differently by playing defense, which has been what James Brago has been trying to hammer into their head since he got here. And to see them have a strong defensive performance against the top team in the Eastern Conference off of a different style of a game that they won against Golden State. Got to give this team a ton of credit to be able to bounce back, win four straight, and have themselves back in the top six of the Eastern Conference. LaMelo Ball, a big part of this. He set a career high with 14 assists. And even on an off-shooting night from LaMelo, where he goes four of 18, missed a lot of shots, but still able to dish out 14 and get that career high. Also added six rebounds. He's been excellent at rebounding the basketball this season, scoring 11 points. And I think that's what makes LaMelo so special. He doesn't have to make shots to have an impact on the game. He can come up with some nice deals defensively, but offensively, he puts a lot of players in great positions to succeed. And that's what you want from your starting point guard. The scoring doesn't have to come from him. What's nice is that Gordon Hayward didn't even have a great offensive game, only scoring eight points, but they still were able to win even when LaMelo didn't have a good shooting night. That's where Terry comes into play, scoring 19, double digits from Miles Bridges again. Kelly Oubre has a decent shooting night that helps him out. Jalen McDaniels go three of three. But LaMelo, man, just continues to show that the first quarter scoring has been a thing. That's what happened against Golden State. Hits four threes, hits a couple threes in the first quarter of this contest against Washington. And then he fizzles out. He starts to settle in a different role. But it doesn't matter, Julian. The guy can help you in a lot of different ways. Yeah, and this is the second time that we've seen during this homestand where LaMelo hasn't necessarily been scoring the ball, but he's been able to rebound, like the 17 rebounds he had against the Knicks the other night. And then last night, getting the 14 assists, a career high. I go back to like when Devontae Graham was here, and they relied on him heavily when it came to scoring, but there were nights where Devontae wasn't shooting the ball well, but he would still, when you looked at the box score, have about 10 or 11 assists. He's not the playmaker that LaMelo Ball is, obviously, but being able to have an impact on the game, even when you're having an off-shooting night, is going to be instrumental for him moving forward and for this team. And especially, too, like when guys like Gordon Hayward don't step up big, to see Terry Rozier come back and play well, we were also able to get good Kelly Oubre last night after he got ejected in that game against his former team with the Warriors. So it's going to continue the trend of, All right, some nights are great for Kelly. Other nights aren't great. But LaMelo and his development as a point guard in this league in his second year to have the game that he had last night and not to be a major factor when it came to scoring the basketball, that's a positive sign for the Hornets moving forward. Well, and Doug, your boy, Terry Rozier, he shows up again, shows up late. You declared Terry Rozier back. You also declare him as an ultimate big-time gamer, and that's why LaMelo doesn't have to score because Terry can do that down the line. He's not a big-time gamer. He's a certified Mm. gamer. I put the certificate (laughs) in the mail a week ago, and, and he's coming up big for the Hornets right now exactly when they need him to. I mean, LaMelo's scoring early in the game. And, and Terry is not. He started 0 of 6 from the field uh, before really starting to turn it on. Same thing happened in the Golden State Warriors game. Yeah, I think things are going to even out for both of those players. But right now, Terry is scoring exactly when he needs to to close out games. That's that's his role right now. And I don't I don't I think his scoring will even out. But I think he's still going to be the Hornets closer uh, until further notice, until at least next season. And it was exciting to see Scary Terry pull it out exactly when the Hornets needed it. 
Want to dig in a little more to Terry Rozier's numbers, also talk about the defensive improvements, just like we talked at the beginning of the week. Only 87 points allowed to Washington, so good stuff there. But not before I discuss Bet Online. We're back and better than ever. They've got a new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code LOCKED ON to receive your bonus from basketball, football, you just saw baseball postseason, NHL, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available. Bet Online is fast and it's easy, and it's the easiest, fastest way to bet on all your favorite sports bet online where the game starts let's talk terry let's talk defense coming up next on the lockdown hornets podcast this is locked on hornets you know you give them the pink to let them know you have the a little bit of a softer side but you give them the black to let them know it's still real out here okay, i just gotta let you know it's still real <laughs> it's time for more of the locked on hornets podcast Thanks to Wes Bryan for joining us yesterday. Thanks to Julian Council for joining us today to talk about this Washington Wizards win. Here's the thing with Terry, too. You know, Doug has declared him back. He is a certified gamer because he sent it in the mail last week. But Julian, he's affecting the game a little bit differently now. And I think this is it's it's been a trend. He again made a lot of shots inside the three point arc last night, where the last, you know, basically his entire career, and certainly the first couple of uh or really the first season with Charlotte, it was all about him shooting the three ball so well. Forty percent, thirty nine on high volume, and the outlier two point percentage was last season where he shot over fifty. Well now he's shooting at about fifty percent from two point range again. And his three-point shooting percentage is like 27. It's really bad. And he's shooting at a high volume. I mean, I, I don't know what to make of that because I, I think the three-point shot is going to come around. I, I think he's too good of a shooter for that to stay even below 36. I think he'll go back to being a really good shooter. But it's also nice that, hey, that what, what you thought might be an outlier last year, that at least is continuing and he's showing up in big moments once again. Yeah, and I'm trying to think here, like, maybe is it a concern at all to you that he's shooting so poorly from three-point range? Like, it is good that he's able to connect more on twos this season than he has in the past. But the key concern for Terry when he was traded here in that Kimball Walker deal was how good of a shooter he was. And he disproved that by having career highs the past couple seasons, which then led to the extension that he signed. Yes, he's going to be the closer for the Charlotte Hornets, but he needs to be able to spread out those points throughout the game. I am a little concerned, though. Like, I think eventually, like you said, that three-point percentage will go back up. He'll be the kind of player that we've seen the last couple seasons. But just early on this year, like, he's started to come around recently, but the percentage still just isn't quite there yet. And the Hornets are a team that they've had guys like Miles Bridges who have become better three-point shooters. Mm -hmm. Lamelo's kind of had some of his struggles recently. Gordon Hayward just doesn't seem to tempt that many where they really are dependent upon him being a high-volume three-point shooter. So hopefully it comes around soon as the Hornets are going to continue to stay on this win streak and as they move towards the rest of the season getting closer to Christmas. Well, here's the thing that worries me. It's the fact that the second half of last year, the three-point shooting tailed off. A lot of that was excused by him being tired. And you could see that because he was the player – 
that logged more minutes, logged more games than LaMelo because he got hurt. Devontae was constantly in and out of the lineup. You know about Gordon Hayward already. Even Malik Monk was somebody that missed time. And so it was really all Terry that had to provide the offense. And Miles Bridges, who stepped up, and we shouldn't forget. But Terry was playing that whole time, and you could see the shooting percentage dip as he got what we excused as being tired, which, again, I do give credit to. But Devontae Graham kind of had that similar type output too when he first burst onto the scene. First half of the season, dude was making everything, taking deep shots and hitting them with a really high degree of difficulty. Same thing with Terry. Um, and, and the thing with, with Terry that makes you feel a little bit easier about the consistency of that outside shot is we have had more consistency from Terry the year prior to that. It was good at the first half of last season. It was good. And then that's when it started to dip into yeah. a, a bad percentage. I, I, I think I, I'm a little worried about it just because we, we did see that tail off last year. I ultimately think that because you have other playmakers on this team that that Terry is going to figure it out and the fact that he's coming off of injury you know we're still basically you know 15 games into the season right i mean you know 16 to be exact that that's not a large a crazy large sample size you know it's it's not insane to think he can come back from that so yeah like i would say if we were to go from 1 to 10 on the panic meter of Terry Rozier's shot making from the outside i'd go like 3 or 4 I think it'll come back. Yeah, and I guess here's the thing, too. And you bring up the Devontae Graham kind of comparison there with Terry getting tired last year with all the injuries. With Devontae that season, it was his first time being a starter in the NBA and playing major minutes. So I can understand him getting tired. Like, Terry is a season veteran. So I don't know how much of an excuse that was for him last year, even though I think it is probably at least a little reasonable to bring that up. This year, though, like the expectations are just different. Like we're expecting consistency out of him night in and night out. And I understand the ankle injury that he had to start off the season that might have held him back and limited him. But still, when this is kind of it's not. And I guess you got to look at Gordon Hayward, too, because he came to Charlotte because he wanted to have the playmaking and get the basketball more than he would have had he been staying up in Boston and playing with Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, but he's got to step up too. If you want the Hornets to have the consistency moving forward, if Terry's not going to have the kind of scoring outburst that we, that he had last season, because right now he's only averaging about 15 points per game. And that's not what the Hornets are paying for. And I'm not sitting here saying like, yeah, let's panic and freak out, but still just based off of what he's being paid and what he's asked to do, you're going to have to see a lot more from Terry Rozier moving forward, where I think we are at least trending in the positive direction for that. But it is slightly concerning that, so far early in the season, and I get it, it's only been about 16 games, but I mean, we're almost a quarter way through it, and Terry Rozier just hasn't really shown out to be the same guy we saw last year. Yeah, yeah, playing well, right? Like, so so if you were to say, okay, how does Terry get back completely to normal? Maybe it's it's the shorter shots coming along. Now you want to see yeah. the three, three ball come along after his injury, getting started with this season. You know, we've played 16 total. Terry's played like 11, so, you know, yeah. so or 10. It, I, I still think it's excusable, um, and and hopefully that that's just what makes him a special type of player, right? Like especially in the modern day, the three ball going in for him, it makes all the difference. But again, it's still nice to see him knocking down the shots that he is, especially in closing time. So you know, Terry was not a problem last night. Terry was a it certainly helped the Charlotte Hornets last night. And as you mentioned, you know Gordon Hayward. There's been a couple of times now where Gordon hasn't had it. And the Charlotte Hornets have been able to squeak out a couple of victories. So here you have the two highest paid guys with Gordon making 30 mil, Terry making close to 25. 
Terry kind of living up to that as far as the scoring goes more so right now. Um, but it, it's nice to see that Miles, LaMelo, even without a PJ, like you know, there, there, are, there are some things that make you feel even better about these wins considering yeah. you're not getting production from expected production points and, and still finding ways to, to get ahead. And even, hell, I mean, Cody Martin, how about that guy's stat line last night? Going 27 minutes, putting up a goose egg in the score column, but also playing good defense and being a part of that lineup that helped turn this game around. Yeah, it goes back to playing the role that you need to play for this team. Like we saw about Ubre, good Kelly, bad Kelly, got good Kelly last night. Mm -hmm. With Cody Martin, not asking him to go out there and to be a primary scorer, but if he can go out and defend and be able to change the momentum of the game, that's positive. Same thing when I talked about Nick Richards last week when I was on the show. I was like, hey, I get it. You can't foul a ton. But if you can come out there and at least offer some sort of resistance at the rim, I will take that. Then you go back to Terry and to Gordon Hayward. Like their role, like Terry's role is to be a volume scorer and to be a knockdown three-point shooter. He hasn't been able to get there yet. And I'm not trying to sit here and like criticize him and say it's not going to happen. I just do wonder at what point do – and you bring up the shooting percentage last year, but at what point do we kind of get a little concerned that like – hey, maybe this might not come back to where we want it to be. And if Terry's not going to be as consistent shooting the basketball, at least for the time being, Gordon Hayward, like as you mentioned, the other highest paid player on this team, he's got to be at least more aggressive and more assertive offensively because I think so many times, and yeah, we'll look up and we'll see in the box where he's got 20 points, but so many times he just does not seem to be aggressive and trying to hunt for his shot and be a primary score for this team where I feel like he really should. And he's definitely capable because we saw back early in his career in Utah, he certainly was that kind of guy. Didn't get the opportunity in Boston, but he's here for that opportunity. And a lot of times doesn't take advantage of that when we've seen guys like Miles Bridges, who has flourished so far this season, and Lamelo's never seen a shot he's not willing to take. And he has hit a lot of great ones, and I yeah. appreciate that. But at times it's like, hey, pass off to the next guy and see if maybe a Gordon Hayward can – get hot and also be as effective as some of these guys have been so far this season. So that small ball adjustment, we'll get to that a little more in the last segment. I also have a bunch of things I noticed, just like uh, biting off Zach Lowe style, the 10 things that he's noticed throughout the week. I had about five or six things that I noticed in this game I want to get to in just a moment. We'll be back with Doug Branson joining the convo again and Julian Council joining the convo again on Locked on Hornets. This is Locked on Hornets. All I have to go off of is write-ups and highlights and some video tidbits on Twitter because I was not able to watch this game. Tidbits, like tidbits? That's a, well, it's a great word, tidbits. It, I mean, that's just a, a funny word. word, tidbits. I want to use it every single day. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. All right, here are Walker Mail's five things, six things intermixed there. I was trying to figure out a title just like Zach Lowe does. But the first quarter shooting has been a thing for LaMelo the last couple of times. And LaMelo, after the game against Golden State, he was asked the shot making just wasn't there after that first quarter where he hit four threes. And LaMelo said it's not really what the team needed at that point. He felt like they needed scoring in the first quarter. And then he felt a, a role in the need to facilitate more so. And I guess that's what took place here again. Now, he took 18. You don't want to see him miss that many shots. But it goes into the whole 14 assist that he was able to contribute and be just a good player outside of making shots. But the first quarter, Melo's had it going a little. And I wonder... Um, if, if there's just a real change in his mind of what he should be doing, or if that's just kind of been some coincidence the last couple of outings. I feel like, it's, had, a, I feel like it's just coincidence. I don't yeah. know what you think, Julian. 
Oh, well, I think um, you have to give him credit for his awareness, right? I go yeah. back to the, the Nets game where the team is rolling and he's right there at the scores table to come in. He's like, actually, I, I think we're good. Just keep Ish Smith out there. I think for him, it's getting to the game, getting early, understanding, it's like, all right, let's get us off to a good start where they haven't had a ton of great starts in the first quarter and where they probably have needed him to go out there and to score the way he has early on to where he gets settled into the game, understands like, all right, I've done that part. Let me now kind of find other ways to help this team out and be a playmaker more so than having to go out there and be a primary scorer for the team. So I actually give him a lot of credit for just the awareness of figuring out where the game situates and where he's better off trying to impact it moving forward. Yeah, I think the, the opportunities, Walker, to close games will come. Uh, but this mm -hmm. team struggled to start games effectively on offense earlier this season. And I think uh, LaMelo is probably just stepping into that void. And you have other players uh, including, by the way, we, t we talked about Terry, but we didn't talk about Kelly Oubre, uh, Tsunami Poppy dropping huge threes. Um, you know, I mean, several players stepped up uh, to to make that. Jalen McDaniels, your guy, was oh, three yeah. of three uh, from three to start the game. Uh, and he had some bucket. He had some huge buckets as well. So uh, I, I go back to something Julian said in the second segment. Uh, Hornets are finding different roles to play in different games. And I, I think that's exciting because to me, that's something that signals that this is for real when different guys step up on different nights. And that's something that signals to me that this is a team that can not only get into the playoffs if they keep playing consistently like this, but they could even compete in the playoffs. Well, and, and you brought McDaniels up. I'll just go to him. Look, I, I, don't, I don't know if people get tired of hearing it. Right now, I'm, I'm at that point last night watching him play against Washington. I'm now at the point where it's inexcusable to not find minutes for Jalen McDaniels. I don't care. He's got to play. I'm at that point where I've always wanted him to get out on the court, but I haven't completely bashed Borrego. I've always thought it was a mistake. Now I'm to the point where he needs to play because he just fits such a good role for this team, playing the 3 and D type, hitting three threes last night, but it's not even about the shot making for him. You know, it's being 6'10 and communicating out on the perimeter, telling guys, hey, you need to be here. He was directing where Nick Richards needed to be out there when guys were driving by. Like, he's just too good. I need Jalen McDaniels out on the floor because he, he doesn't need the basketball, but he even drove last night, put it on the deck, and showed that that's actual an improvement. He's not the fourth best player on this team. He's not that but he needs to get minutes and I'm going to be mad if Borrego puts him on the bench again I saw a tweet this morning that was that every NBA fan hates their coaches rotations and I just can't stop thinking about that right now hearing you say that about that's fine. McDaniels. that's fine yes if, if McDaniels is not in the rotation then I am the quintessential stereotype NBA fan which is but, fine. <laughs> well, it just it feels like Borrego really wants to be limited in in how small he plays and for how long because of all when you play small of all the adjustments that you have to make on defense it wor it worked in the second half but I think there is an expiration date on on those type of small ball lineups and, and you can see he he wants to to work some size in there and it was a I mean, they they got killed inside by Gafford, and and I mean, Avdia was getting was getting buckets inside. They were winning the points in the paint battle until late into this game, and uh, it's just a difficult situation for Borrego. But I think he's doing the best he can. But McDaniel's only fits it feels like when they go to those small ball lineups because otherwise you've got to sub him in for 
Uh, Cody Martin, you've got to take away uh, minutes from Bridges. It's just a difficult situation for Borrego. I get what you're saying, Walker. I just don't know who he replaces unless they go super, super I, small. I just, I just don't want him playing nine or less. You know, because that's essentially out of the rotation. You know, mm-hmm. don't, don't give into the bench. These, don't essentially just not playing, which we've seen uh, a couple of times with him. You know, if he plays fifteen, okay. That that satisfies me, but just don't basically make him a non-factor, getting like you know eight out there and essentially not playing. Uh, I do want to go to Miles stuff and in, in for for a moment. Um, a couple things with Miles. One, the dude is ambidextrous. Like I, I wonder, I obviously not watching every single team every single night. But is there a player that is as comfortable with both hands as Miles? I, high off the glass, right hand hits the game-winning bucket with the right hand against Golden State. We we know how. I mean, he's shooting a lot better, obviously shooting with his left hand. The, the guy, it just doesn't matter what side of the floor he's on; he can finish either way. I think that's been huge for him in his offensive game. Yeah, I mean, it's only a part of the growth that we've seen so far this season. Like, it's every week we find a new superlative for Miles Bridges. Now, ambidextrous is probably not a superlative, but it's still just highlighting just how far he's come as an offensive player. Like, you're right, Walker. Just, I don't think, and I don't watch much outside of the Hornets, so I can't really think of anyone. Maybe like a Curry. Yeah, he's like just a I'm magician. Sure guys, I'm not thinking of right. I'm not. I'm not here to declare him as as the best as at the best with his right and left. I'm sure LeBron, right? I'm sure these stars. I, I just he he clearly can be impactful with either hand finishing at the basket. Well, look, he's not as big as LeBron, but there was a play last night. I think he took Avdia off the dribble from the left side, went right hand all the way to the cup and got it off the glass, but just used his body. You guys are using a lot of multi-syllabic words to say that Bridges is strong and he goes to the cup and he gets a bucket. All right, that's two syllables, but you get what I'm saying. <laughs> Um, I do get what you're saying. Guy's a gamer, certified gamer. His his certif- his certifications in the mail too. It's yeah, on expect, the way. expect that, Miles. Expect that package on your doorstep. Also, him as the handler in PNR situations that's becoming dangerous. You saw the lob to Nick Richards. As oh, Miles- it was, uh, he, he had the uh, he had the uh, outlet pass to Lamelo yeah. Ball. It was like a reverse uh, Bizarro world. Uh, and that started with right. Cody Martin's defense, by the way. Right, like as Miles' playmaking increases, where you see the the big time assist numbers for Miles this year, you're starting to see him be really he's dangerous. Doing, he's doing it all. I mean, yeah. it's crazy. Yeah, are you and, saying and you have point to love forward Miles Bridges? What's that? Point forward Miles Bridges? Is this what's coming? It's I mean, thing, it's a, yeah, Anthony Mason like I think a little bit, and you have to love too. After the game, uh, I think the Charlotte Hornets account named him the player of the game, and he replied. That uh, hey, you know, Lamelo had fourteen a career high fourteen assists, so you got to love that too. I mean, he's been totally team guy. Is not wanting to talk about money. Is not making a big deal about this contract situation. He's just going out and having a contract year, and it's exciting to see. And and his play last night really offset other shooting struggles. Yeah, uh, from from some of the other guys on this team, and and that's that's what you've seen all year. Big time self deprecator is Miles Bridges. I go back to the tweet after his rookie season where he just said, "I played like ass." What y'all expect? I didn't make all rookie team. A bit just holds himself in check constantly. Yeah, but doesn't play like it. You know, no. he doesn't play. You know, he doesn't hold anything back. I mean, he gives it. He gives it everything he has when he's out there. And so, yeah, God, that's fine. Be self deprecating on Twitter. Be humble. Do but that. then when you get out on the court, be strong. Take it to the cup. Get a bucket. I love it. Yeah, and, and that tweet, ball. too, I, yeah. I don't even look at that as self-deprecation. Like, he, he wasn't one of the top rookies in the NBA that season. 
But what has he done since? He's well, worked he said hard. I played like ass, though. Like that's a <laughs> yeah, it's pretty self deprecating. That's self deprecating. Yeah, Maybe I, I just I think it's more of he didn't meet his expectations and it's that true. he would need yeah. to work harder, and we've seen where that has resulted in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My and Miles is certainly pl not playing like ass anymore. I think I've cursed more on this episode than I have ever in a Lockdown Hornets episode. Thanks, Julian, your bad influence. Hey, can children. I can I can I quickly can I quickly mention Nick Richards in this game? I wanted to. Yeah, just I, quickly I saw stuff, Julian. I saw some stuff. I liked it. There were some flashes, and I and I've been hard. I've been Come hard home. on Nick Richards. <laughs> I, I've been very careful though to say that I'm not trashing Nick Richards. I I just think that he's not ready. That he should be in Greensboro right now, and it's unfortunate that the Hornets have put him in this position and put the team in this position. He got four fouls early on, and they had to bench him for a while. And you, you can't make an impact if you're off the floor. I mean, you, you know, you got to know that Nick Richards. You can't make these. You know, just kind of weird fouls that His that are out of nowhere rate is outrageous. Push, pushing guys stop. down, pushing guys down low, and getting just cheap, cheapy fouls. But had two late blocks that really made a difference for that for the team in the second half defense. Uh, so I got to give it up to Nick Richards. Did Go just ahead, enough. Julie. Yes, yes. No, I, I love it. Look, Nick Richards when he's on the floor can have some sort of defensive impact. So that's why <laughs> that's the number one reason I want him in Charlotte. The number two reason is he can't go to Greensboro because Elon Legend Ikenna and Dungba needs to be getting all the minutes possible wow. out there for the swarm. Can you give us a scouting report on whoever you just announced right there? Ikenna <laughs> Ikenna and Dungba is a uh, Elon alum. Okay. He's about five eleven. Played <laughs> for the Nigerian national team. Mm -hmm. uh great defender okay shooter burst of energy oh, probably excellent. will never play a second in nba but either way he's a part Not of the that attitude i'm ready for it bring him to the charlotte hornets let's recall him hey we're, we're bringing these guys up and down all over the place might as well bring that guy up to the roster um all right that'll be it for lockdown hornets thanks again to julian council for joining us on the lockdown hornets podcast make sure you go check him out um at lockdown panthers a lot of stuff to get to julian thanks so much for the time man absolutely thanks guys all right subscribe to the podcast on apple podcast spotify and make sure it is your first listen thanks for making lockdown hornets your first listen every day we are free and available on all platforms also check us out on youtube lockdown hornets is the channel you can follow me on twitter at walker mail doug on twitter at doug branson loh have a great rest of your day we'll be back with you tomorrow <laughs>